What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Convos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today, we're talking to a fellow podcast host, runner, and she's honestly a TikTok legend, Dana Giordano. We talk about a ton of different things in this episode, like being in the media side of the running world, especially coming from someone that is a competitive runner as well. We talk about her experience as a professional runner and where she's at now and where she sees herself moving forward and a ton of other things. So I hope you guys enjoy today's episode and you get something out of it. Maybe for someone that's looking to get inspired and join the media side of running, you might find this episode interesting because Dana and I bring two, you know, unique perspectives to the sport. So a little bit of housekeeping. Don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. I know, I know, I know. I say it in every episode, but you have no idea how much it helps me. And it's just a free way to support. And it literally takes 15 seconds. It helps establish credibility for the podcast. That's the biggest thing. So that higher profile guests see like that you guys love Love the podcast and that you're rating it five stars on Apple Podcasts and they'll want to come on and answer your listener questions. So it really helps you guys out too. Again, it only takes 15 seconds to rate and review and I just love reading your guys' reviews. It seriously makes my week and keeps me going on this podcast. So if you guys have already done that, I really appreciate it. Or if you're going to go do it now, I appreciate it as well. Now let's get straight into today's episode. I'm excited to have you on to the show, fellow podcaster. Podcaster. I was going to say podcastee, but I don't think that's the right terminology. No. I know. Well, I had you on mine, so now now it's time. I know. Um, well, to start off, do you want to just give a little bit of a rundown of who you are and what you're about? For sure. Um, my name is Dana Giordano. I've lived in Boston for the past five years. I ran track and field and cross country at Dartmouth and graduated in 2016, where I was just on the edge of being good enough to run full time, but didn't make the trials and kind of had already accepted a job at Reebok where I worked there for about two and a half years in product marketing for running footwear and then brand marketing. And then I decided to have the brilliant idea to quit my job because there was only a short 18 months at the time to the Olympic trials. And I joined the Boston Athletic Association's high performance team full time. Um, Obviously, 18 months due to COVID turned into that bonus year, um, which was good at good and bad for me. But I luckily, uh, luckily, I made the trials in the 5k. (laughs) But (laughs) unfortunately, got injured leading to the trials. And most recently, I left the team. And now I'm just figuring it out from here. Yeah, wait, so 
were you still running when you were working too? Were you like trying to run professionally or were you just, it was like casual? Yeah. So I really didn't have any opportunities to go pro. I think coming from like an Oregon or a bigger school, like a lot, there's a lot of people that go pro, but the only person that I knew that went professional was Abby D'Agostino, Abby Cooper. Now it's like, she was a seven time national champion, like multiple times and see a record holder. And I was like, Oh, that's, <laughs> That's who goes pro. Yeah, that's the threshold. That's, that's you the threshold. Hit. And I mean, I ended up having like a pretty awesome senior year where I ended up third in the 1500 at nationals. But at that point, it was like two weeks before the 2016 trials, which I didn't qualify for. So honestly, no one really cared. And I had an opportunity to join NJNY because um, I'm from New Jersey originally, but there was like no funding. And I thought to myself, I was like, there's no way I could just graduate from Dartmouth and my parents or anyone be like, okay, you're going to take no money and like leave the job that you already got. Cause I, everyone at Dartmouth tries really hard to get a job like the summer before senior year. Like it's a super career driven place. Yeah. No, it's people crazy. Do that? They just like secure jobs mm-hmm. a year in advance. Oh yeah. I mean, there's a lot of consulting, banking, like pretty hardcore people know which grad school they want to go to. Like everyone's very career oriented. And because I wanted to be in marketing, which doesn't really do recruiting. And, but I, so I got a job in April and that was huge and it took, it was really hard. So I was like, I can't give this job up. Um, but our old office at Reebok had literally a track going around my building. That's pretty cool. Uh, which was crazy. So it was really easy just to continue running and racing. And um, Boston, as you know, is like a super active running city. So I kind of just like got immersed in the Boston running community. And then in 2018, I was like, all right, I'm really going to go for this. And that's when I made the 1500 final at USA. So I was like, okay, now I think I'm at a threshold that I could like pursue this. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. It's very interesting. People's like, experience trying to go professional after college because it is so different I forgot who I was talking to um Allie Cash I was talking to Allie Cash just about like what what the standard is to be a professional runner and there really isn't it's kind of like who you know and like word of mouth and like timing because if yeah like you said obviously getting getting third at NCAAs is incredible but if it's right before a big event like the Olympic trials and you're not going to be there it's like it's going to get overshadowed so it is just very interesting to hear people's experience but it's also cool that you were able to do it um I mean years later even after like getting a job and everything and you were able to like stay active during that time and still motivated I guess to do it yeah I know looking back at old me I'm like damn she was motivated (laughs) (laughs) yeah like how was working um a job I guess like still in the running world did you like it I think I liked it until the point where I was like all consumed by running and I think I ran well at Dartmouth because there's so much going on you're never truly defined by one thing and that's why I mean the Ivy League isn't like the best conference if you're trying to like go to the most elite track school Um, but it just like makes you feel like a whole person and I think I kind of tipped the scale to being like way too like I worked running I wanted to go pro all this so when I got to the end I was like I need to make a decision because it's like, I'm giving too much of myself to this company and it's a, it's a corporation. So you like have to do it for you. Um, But our office actually moved from 
like a suburb outside of the city in Boston to the seaport district, which is very urban. And that's when it got too hard to do. Um, when we were like, had the tracker on the building and we're on a trail system, it was super easy to run every single day and do that. But the second it was literally in one of the most urban parts of the city, um, it was not working for me anymore. <laughs> yeah, that definitely makes sense. Are you still living in Boston now? No, I don't have a home address right now. <laughs> <laughs> what? So you're just traveling around. Are you, you? So you're in Chicago right now, though, for the marathon? Yeah, yeah. So very confusing. So I left my team at the end of July, not end of July, like beginning of July after the trials. I was like, this just isn't working for me anymore. We had a fair amount of coaching turnover. And like, quite honestly, the person I was like before the pandemic versus who I am now, very different people. Like I said, like, I really just wanted to compete at the trials. Mm -hmm. Um, but like the pandemic, like really just was, it was just hard at the end yeah. of the day, like to stay motivated and all that. So I was like, okay, this isn't working. This is a sunk cost fallacy. Just cause you've been here. It doesn't mean it's like going to get better because you've like invested time. So I kind of quit without like knowing what's coming next at all. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And like, I'm lucky. So, um, last summer I was out in park city with, um, Nikki, friend of the pod, and Emma <laughs> Gee. <laughs> and that's when I met my boyfriend out there in Park City. And so he oh, Yeah, wait, I saw that on <laughs> what that is TikTok or something. Yeah. You're like no longer single. I'm like, congrats. I wish that was me. Because that was so cute, that video. Oh um, yeah. Is he a runner? He um well it's the funniest thing. Like his first meet that he ever went to was the Olympic trials. <laughs> So like, but he loves running. Like he's really good. It's actually great for me. Like we're kind of like the same pace and all that. Yeah. Um, but he's like run a marathon, half marathons and stuff, but he was actually a skier in college. Okay. Nice. So he skied for a year, but we met out in Utah. Uh, shout out to hinge. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, we love dating apps. <laughs> and, um, we were doing distance kind of, he was back East in the fall, but then we were doing distance. And we were kind of like, we want to be in the same place. Like I'm, I'm 27. Like we know we want to be together. So we decided to rent for a couple months in Park City this fall before we decide on a location to live somewhere. Nice. Well, that's exciting. Park City is beautiful. I like haven't really explored that much of Utah, but I've, I stayed in Park City for a little bit. We were like visiting Carissa last year. Um, they're all at altitude there. And then um, I like stayed another time, but like Utah is literally a beautiful state. So I I, that is awesome that you're able to live there for a little while. The leaves are crazy too. And I was, I'm such a Northeast, uh, I don't know what I can say on this pod. I'm like a leaf hoe. Like I'm so into the fall. Like I love the fall. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. So I was really nervous not being in the Northeast for the fall. Yeah. So you're not coming to California is what you're saying. Well, honestly, it's on the table, but we'll see. He's okay. the one with the full-time job. I've just been like taking advantage of being unattached. So kind of you know, through my podcast and like being here with Chicago, it's like been kind of fun. And I don't know, it's like got to take advantage of the experiences when they come to you. Cause it's like, you know, it's like super unique to be able to have these opportunities. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about this before yeah. the podcast started, but I'm, I'm very curious because we were talking about how we switch lives. Like, obviously yeah. I've talked about it too much, honestly, but I'm like, I got a full-time job and yep. Dana's like, Oh, well you and I are like living opposite lives. Cause I just had a full-time job and now I'm like living the nomad life. You could say, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm like interested in your experience with it so far. How has it been? How have you uh, been sustaining yourself too? How is that going? Yeah, I think long-term, like to be quite frank, like I have been applying to full-time jobs. Like yeah. I 
I liked it. I thought it was good. I like working with people. So I think the hardest part of being a freelancer, I think you've spoken to this on yours is like, it's pretty lonely. Um, especially when, you know, and like, I have a producer. So Chris Chavez of like the city of snack podcast, he produced my podcast, edits it and all that. Um, but we, we just text and it's like really not the same. So it's not like you're going in and seeing people every day. It's so different and it's really hard to explain unless you actually like try it out for Mm -hmm. an extended period of time. Like people, I don't think people understand like the, the lack of human interaction, it gets to you after a while. It really does. And I've had like, so I'm out here with, with Nike and then I've had the opportunity to like create some content for another brand, like for their page that I won't post on like my page because as everyone knows, I'm obsessed with TikTok and on there far too much, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't like it at all. I just like making my own stuff. So, and I know like sustainability and longevity wise, like you have to be able to like create content for other people. So I'm really trying to decide like which avenues I like, but I think at the end of the day, it's like, you just want people to sponsor you for being yourself. And that's not what it is at the end of the day, unless you're yeah. like a lot bigger. Yeah, that's, yeah, it gets hard when you're like a smaller creator to be able to like sustain yourself because yeah, like you said, you have to, you end up kind of being like a slave to the brand a little bit or like the brands that you're working with because like you said, they're not, they're not doling out a huge amount of money. Like they don't, I don't know, you're kind of disposable as a smaller creator. Where opposed to like Charlie D'Amelio who like any brands like, please, like we worship you. Like we will do anything for you because Charlie is bigger than their brand. So oh, it's, yeah. yeah. So it's just, it's just very different and it's an interesting place to navigate. Um, but it's like cool to see that you, you've been able to do it. And like also starting a podcast and like doing your own thing on social media. It's, it's so interesting to see someone else do it because I feel like a lot of people in like the female running world don't. So, yeah. but I think, I think TikTok is changing now, honestly. Like I think it's helping, I guess, um, give people like us better platforms to do it on or like younger yeah. like, female running creators to be able to speak well, it's their a mind. personality thing I was talking yeah. to someone I was talking to someone about this yesterday like two people who are doing a production thing here and they're like oh a brand wants us to make tiktoks we don't know what to do I'm like well first of all you actually have to watch it to like understand it so you can't just make it and then slap it on there but yeah. I think like for you and me I just have so much more fun with it because I feel like I can show my personality and like Instagram just doesn't feel that same way. And I had an Instagram all the way back in like 2012 and used it to like edit pictures. And I had a lot of fun with it. Like I used it, take advantage of you guys who are still in college because I'm so jealous, but I, I went so ham on Instagram in college, but like, it wasn't about the likes. It was just about documenting my experience for me. Um, like literally when I got a hundred likes on a picture, I'd be like, holy shit. I made I know it. that's what, that's what Instagram <laughs> used to be like. It's so interesting to see now like social media in the running world for young people because you can build a whole brand off of yourself like so easily now compared to like exposed yeah yeah like I don't know I worked for I talked about this in Kyle's episode too but I worked for a track agent for a little while right after college and I was like trying to help their roster of people with social media but they're all older and they were like upper 20s back at that time in 2018. Like they're not, they don't know what social no. media is. Like they don't care either. So yeah. I think like right now, it's just such a good opportunity to like want to have fun with it. Cause there's like TikTok. It's like, you can post anything basically on there. And oh my God, like, I just, just test it all the time. Like the yeah. weirdest stuff. I've been like over posting here in Chicago. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you might as well, because people don't care that much. Like Instagram, if you're just spamming people with photos, they're going to unfollow you. But TikTok, it's just kind of like, 
I don't know. I guess that's just kind of the norm. People just post a yeah. ton. Well, it's also like, I think because my audience on TikTok and they overlap, I think if you did this Venn diagram with like the followers of the two, it'd be like 30 people. Like, I don't think there's like a big overlap at all. It's like two different worlds. <laughs> of, of Instagram and TikTok? Yeah. I there might so be more. Too. Like, why is that? I'm all, I'm so curious. I don't know if it's just like a different demographic of people that are like younger people that are on TikTok that but don't I also, Instagram. I also interact with like a lot of like running moms who have families. and On like TikTok? That. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean... I had on my podcast, Mrs. Space Cadet, who's like, oh my gosh. I, yeah. Okay. So I had seen her videos and I just followed her a couple of weeks ago and she followed me back and I was like fangirling. I was yeah. like, oh my goodness, you are but hilarious. So for the, everyone who doesn't know, she has like, I don't know, five, 600,000 followers. She's like, yeah, I, just, I just saw a video this morning. She's like 600 something thousand on TikTok. But she's literally a mom. And when she's on my podcast, she goes, <laughs> Yeah, I honestly like really don't like my job and I'm trying to do this full time and I uh, don't kind of know what I'm doing, but I just really like sharing because no one looks like me on social media. And I was like, that is really true and cool and fun. And I don't know when I had her on, she's like, I'm so starstruck that you're having me on. I'm like, but me too. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I, I want her to come on my podcast too, because I, I genuinely want to have a conversation with her because I'm like that you are so different than any other running content creator. Like it's just such a different niche of, because she always talks about how it's like slow she is or whatever. She's like, I run 12 minute miles, but I'm like, that's so cool. And you obviously like resonate with a lot of people on the internet that don't make content. I don't know, maybe because they're embarrassed or something that they run slow, but I'm like, every runner is a runner. So like every runner has a place on the internet. Yeah. But I want, I want to have her on too, but I was very starstruck. So hopefully she'll come online. You should. She's actually running the New York marathon. Um, and she's doing it for charity and she's like, Oh, my goal is to raise like however many thousand dollars. She raised like $20,000 in like 24 hours. I'm like, your reach is unparalleled. I know. And she's like, and then she like upped her goal now. I forgot what it was, but she had to up her goal because it got filled so quickly. So good for her. Good for her. We love her. Yeah, we do. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, well, like, where do you see yourself now? Like, where, what do you want to do with everything? What's your plan? Other than moving to Park City? That is such a good question. Um, (laughs) yeah. So I've been like interviewing a lot of places. Um, job market right now is like super interesting. I'm sure you know, and have spoken to this where I feel like when you have a more diverse background, it's like people are interested, but then like you can kind of get passed over because you like you don't have the specific experience. And I am five years out of school. Um, so I am like pursuing some opportunities there. Um, but I'm just like not really in a rush. Like I was so burnt out after the trials. Like I really put my heart and soul into it. And for it to like go as poorly as it did, like getting last of the trials, I was just like, it just was not fun anymore. So I took four weeks off of running completely because my foot was pretty banged up. I didn't know what was going on, mm-hmm. but I honestly wasn't being very smart about it. Cause I like at the, cause I just like took time off. I'm like, you know what? I haven't been able to take 
more than less than a week off in a couple years. So I'm just going to really do this. And I did like a return to running plan, but quite honestly, like the running bug has not caught me to like, want to go after it and train hard again. Um, I'm kind of surprised because I thought that it would just like come back to me and I'd be like, okay, like Eugene 2022 is next year. Like get after it, go for it. But I just don't know if I, I can do that again and like put so much of my soul into something and being in park city has been like really refreshing because I've been running like trail runs. I ran a trail run last week with Grayson Murphy, at like 8,000 feet. And it was so fun. And it was like the most fun I've had with running in like over a year. And it was like no expectations. We didn't care how fast we were. We were just, and I ran like four times as long as I have in months. We ran like 12 miles on these trails. So I'm kind of just taking it day by day, which as a perfectionist planner is super (laughs) weird for me, but maybe that's what you need. Maybe you just need like a break away from it and just do it for fun. Like exactly regardless of results, regardless of how fast you run or how many like miles you're running every week or how many workouts you're doing, maybe you just need like I mean, obviously yeah. Grayson does workouts and stuff and racing, no. but maybe you just need more of that like lifestyle where you're like going on the trails and you're just like, I don't know, being a little billy goat up the hills or something. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where like, I don't feel pressure. Like if I did want to like train and race, it's like, okay, I could kick it into high gear and all yeah. that. And like, to be quite frank, like I run pretty much every single day and like, I'm in the gym like many times a week, but yeah. like, I just really want to do other activities. Like I tried mountain biking for the first time the other weekend like mm-hmm. I want to ski this winter um and that stuff's important to me so and I know there's athletes that could do that and run and I'm like okay maybe we'll we'll see how this goes but I think I just need to be giving like you said like giving myself this time of like grace to figure it out um and I feel like pretty fortunate to be in a situation to be able to do that yeah and take my time like thankfully because like freelance stuff but Sooner than later, I'd like to like have a home address and know what yeah. I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I think the best thing about like, I guess not stepping away, but just like stepping back from like a structured running plan is being able to try different things. Because like you, I have been training for so many years in a row. I didn't even know what activities I like to do outside of like training and running mm-hmm. 50 miles a week and doing two workouts a week and doing a long run. Like I didn't, I, I like found biking and I really enjoy biking and that's not something I could like, I guess, integrate into my running plan in college. I wasn't going to be doing like road cycling on the roads or like even going to spin class or like getting in the gym. I just feel like I didn't, oh, my, my rice is done cooking. Okay. (laughs) It's like 7.22 AM. I'm like, my white rice is going off over there. (laughs) Um, Emily Rico, is that you? (laughs) Um, yeah, I just feel like it's like a really good opportunity to just explore different physical activity that you like to do outside of running I don't know totally yeah it sounds it it sounds like bizarre probably for people that are just like casual runners like why don't you just do it I don't know it just there just wasn't like that much time like you weren't gonna go out and even hiking something like hiking like my friends would be like oh I'm gonna go on a hike on the weekend and I'm like that sounds so tiring because I already ran 10 miles this morning yeah so I think yeah. the trail mindset at school, like I ran with my friend, um, Sarah, who's out in park city and she's like an ultra trail athlete. And she's like, 
yeah, I totally, we had a long conversation about this the other day. And she's like, yeah, I would say no to the hike, but now I just reframed it as like, that's really good training on my legs for them to be a little tired and heavy for the next day. And I was like, Oh, I like this mindset. Yeah, That's, like, a, good, that's a good positive mental attitude right there. Maybe I was too pessimistic. Maybe yeah. I was just like, that's going to make me tired. When no. it could be a good double for the day. I have wanted to get into biking, but the bikes are so expensive. I had no idea. I think running yeah. is like the cheapest sport, but I literally had no idea how expensive <laughs> I'm borrowing a mountain bike, thankfully, but I wanted to get a gravel bike. First of all, there's none. Second of all, they're like $3,000. Who yeah. knew? Not me. Biking is insanely expensive. And triathlon is another level on top of that because then you have all three sports. And I can see why it's like an older demographic of people that do it because you need money to do the sport. It's literally bizarre. Like that's why Kyle and I were also talking about this because he bikes a bit, but runners are just so cheap because the sport is so cheap in general. Like you need a pair of running shoes. Getting things for free. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get things for free, like cycling. If you don't cycle in college that much, like I've, I mean, there might be like cycling clubs, but there's not an NCAA cycling thing. So people aren't like getting free bikes most of the time when they're young. Like, yeah, I don't know. A lot of people have to pay for it, but it's just, it's insane how expensive some of these things are. Like I, I have a biking group here in San Diego and I like show up on my like decent, like Cervelo bike. It's, Mm -hmm. it's really old and it's aluminum. So it's not like that great, but it's like, it's a decent bike for anyone that like doesn't bike. But I show up to this group and every single one of these guys has like a $5,000 brand new, like carbon fiber road bike. And I'm like, how does everyone afford this sport? I don't get it. I've been on Facebook marketplace looking for bikes, but then uh, my boyfriend's really into biking. Like he, he cycled. I don't know. I don't even know what you say, but he did it in high school, like race. So okay. he, and he worked at a bike shop. So he knows a lot. Yeah. And I'll be like, this one looks great. And he's like, that is not even your size. Like that's an yeah, extra see, large bike. There's so many little components. And I'm like, I, ugh, I just, I don't have that like mindset of, I feel like it's almost engineer head that you need. Like, yeah. I just, I don't, when I get a flat tire, it, there's nothing more infuriating that because I don't want to have to change it. Or like when something goes wrong on my bike and I like need to like fix my bike seat, I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Oh, like yeah. running, it's like, you got to tie your shoes and that's it. Um, Pretty much everyone I went to school with, like not, I don't know, even the track people, but I was friends with a lot of skiers at school too. It's just like a big Dartmouth thing. Um, <laughs> and everyone is into biking now it's crazy it's like we all tipped over 25 and it's like everyone why is that that's like the entire biker group they're all that i ride with they're all from my high school none of them biked before none of them even like did endurance sports and then all of a sudden during the pandemic it's what i think it's the outfit it's like really intimidating to like put that on (laughs) i feel like it's embarrassing outside of the cycling world but like inside when someone has like the really tight one on like the really tight cycling fits rather than like the loose ones they're like yeah i'm really sick i had to buy um shorts to do mountain biking yeah and i didn't realize that you don't wear like underwear with them like that's the point yeah and so i'm like trying these on because they they didn't have like the chamois things they just had shorts in my size so i was like i kind of need something and they were cheap so we were an outlet like uh, and then i'm just gonna like is this good and the whole everyone in the bike store is like dude what like we're in park city like everyone's really into bike and i'm like these work 
they're like, I don't know. You have to tell me. I'm like, I have no idea. What's good? <laughs> if they're not loose, probably. <laughs> oh, they were too tight. They're too tight. <laughs> I'm like, who are these for? No, okay. Well, that's true too. Like the cycling outfits. <laughs> Everyone listening to this podcast is like, why? Since when did we get on cycling? podcast just um, wait guys until you're 25 yeah when you turn 25 you're all gonna be on a road bike too um or a mountain bike no but like cycling outfits are also insanely expensive like literally one cycling kit is 150 dollars, and you're like huh and then the sizing is so small they're all like really tiny i'm like huh i know i know Okay, well, to get back basically on topic and not go too far down the cycling, the cycling path. You can just um, cut that whole segment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think people are interested because maybe some people are thinking about getting into biking and they can relate. Don't ask me. Yeah, don't don't ask either of us because I still don't know much. <laughs> um, okay, I'm curious about like your podcast and everything. Like, how is that going? How did that start, by the way? And how are you enjoying the media side of running? Yes. So my podcast is called More Than Running with Dana, and it's on like the Sidious Mag podcast network, i.e. Chris Chavez plus co. And how it happened is, so Chris actually was friends with one of my college teammates from high school. And my college teammate would always talk about like his friend, how he was like working at Sports Illustrated and doing this thing and all that. And we finally met at the Milrose Games in 2019. I literally was like, you're Chris Chavez. I follow you on Strava. And he's like, yeah, we like literally follow each other on Strava, like before we met. And that's such an interesting, like, I thought you were going to say Instagram, but Strava. Okay. Yeah, it was funny, but it was one of those things that was like, I'm sure our friend Ed has talked about you and talked about me. And we kind of just got connected through that. Actually, maybe it was earlier than 2019. It might yeah, have been. It's kind of late. I thought no, you guys was, knew each other earlier. It was definitely 2018 because that was the summer that I, um, decided to fundraise for the Falmouth road race because it was like the 10 year anniversary of the surgery I had. And I was fundraising for the Boston children's hospital for the Falmouth road race. And Chris helped me raise $10,000 like through Sidious. Um, so we know each other from 2018 from that, but like, quite honestly, he had me on his podcast in 2018. Like, I didn't even know what podcasts were looking well, back. They were, at it, they were pretty new. They were pretty new. I think. Yeah. But he was doing it. And now looking back, I'm like, I can't listen to this because I don't even know what I said. I'm not no, I was on his podcast in 2018 as well. And I will, I refuse to listen. I'm like, I don't want to hear what I was saying. Back then. Yeah. But he, I don't know how it came up the first time around, but he was like, you should start a podcast. And I was like, maybe. And he sent me like the blue microphone, um, which is like pretty classic podcaster microphone. And the uh, Amazon box like comes to my house. And it literally sat in a box wrapped for like four months. Like I didn't do anything with it. <laughs> and well, then kind of I took them- you're just like, you should start a podcast. Here's a microphone. Yeah. Like, what do you do with that? You're like, yeah. Mm, so okay. I simmered on it. And then honestly, like at the time, like maybe I was being cocky or something, but I was like, we need to talk to more women. Keep in mind, there's a lot of women's running podcasts. Didn't even know. Didn't even know. I was like, there's <laughs> nothing I know about. I'm like, there are so many, but whatever. And, but I was like, I think I have a unique point of view. Cause I'm like in the sport, like I'm, these are my friends. Like these are, I'm competing against like you. And I was like, you know, I'm going to be in Flagstaff at like a training camp and I can like interview people when I'm there. We don't, we're doing nothing. Like I have this inside view 
So hilariously, the podcast launched in February 2020. And I was like, podcast, I'm so excited all of this. Um, everyone and their mother launched a podcast about a month and a half later because of COVID. <laughs> Literally <laughs> me. I started my podcast May of 2020. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, I did it before the pandemic. Let it be known. Yeah. But yeah, my, my thing is like my ultimate frustration. My first guest is Ellie Purrier. And I had her on and I was like, I'm just so annoyed at every single NBC broadcast. that's like Ellie Purrier grew up on a dairy farm. And it's like, yeah, but like she has other things about her too. Why is that like the number one go-to? I was joking about that when yeah. we were watching the trials or the Olympics. No, the trials yeah. or the Olympics. I don't remember what it was, but I was like, they're definitely going to talk about how she loves milk and grew up on a dairy farm. I'm like, which is, is your personal brand? Any- is there any other perspective on this girl? Like, can we, can we refresh the story? Like, obviously it, it's a cool story, but I think everyone has heard it now. So I'm like, can, can it, I want to know anything else about her, honestly. Totally. Yeah. And she's like a dietetics major and like, did that because the, like, there's really, and I, I called the podcast more than running. Cause I was like, let's get a little bit, people have personalities, like let's share something. Um, and it's just been kind of a fun experiment where I think my perspective is like I'm kind of a running nerd I have been for a long time I got into it because of my high school coach and there's a lot of people in the sport that I think that our age demographic and younger don't know about kind of like the pioneers of the sport so I try to balance interviewing like current pros but then also I like Bobby Gibbon who was like the first woman to run the Boston Marathon and like kind of more historical people that I'm interested in which like honestly does not do that well for like numbers if that's the game but it's like just because <laughs> I'm like they don't have social media they know nothing that's yeah. like but those are the people that I'm just genuinely interested in and it's just it's been a lot of fun we're on season three now um and you know you get better every time you do it like quality gets better you get less awkward um, asking questions I still, the intros are the hardest for me though. I have to record it like six times and like stutter on a word. I don't know why. I'm easier talking to other people than like sitting in a room by myself, like recording the intro. Oh my goodness. I remember the first, I did, because I've done a few solo episodes where it's literally just me and they are painful because the first one I remember was so painful because I was literally just sitting at my desk and you're just talking you're not even like looking at yourself because you're not on camera. Like at least with the zoom recording, you're like, you can kind of see yourself talk. I don't know. Maybe it helps a little bit. Or like if I'm vlogging, like you can see yourself talk, but if you're just literally like staring into an abyss into your microphone and you're just talking, it's such a weird thing. And I was, I was so awkward. It was the amount of cuts I had to make was insane. But I think like you said, it just gets better over time. It just takes like a little bit of practice. Yeah. I mean, the only solo episodes I've had, have had Chris interview me as like a season reflection. I haven't, I haven't explored the solo episode quite yet, but I did. It is interesting. I think you should do it just to see what it's like. And you can, but the good thing is it's it's not live. You can cut it, obviously. Like you will have to cut it probably. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But it's, it's an interesting experience, but I think, I honestly think it's helped me like with the thing with the podcast, I think it's helped me with public speaking and also talking to strangers. It's mm-hmm. really like, it's really helped me develop my skills, I think. And I, I think it's helped me like get my job yeah, because I'm sure. much better at like interviews now than I used to be. Like when I was interviewing for jobs, or, like internships in college, I felt like I was so awkward and I just didn't, I like had a fear of public speaking, but I think this whole job in like media and stuff, 
or like even going in the media tent at different meets, I think it's really helped me talk to people and like get better at like my professional interviewing skills. Yeah, no, there's so many good things about it. And I definitely think that there, because there's so many podcasts, it's like, there still is room for it. Like we still just don't have enough media coverage in this sport. And I think that sometimes like, oh, why another podcast? Like there's so many out there. It's like, honestly, there's a need, you know, if this is, if we were thinking about like, the NBA or something like there's probably thousands of podcasts on the NBA and it's like the running world I think sometimes we just shoot ourselves in the foot because we're like mm, someone's already doing it I don't need more like everyone offers like a unique perspective and a voice so I don't know start your own it's like there's, someone will listen yeah there's so much room for growth in like the running world because it is it's like a small niche but it's like big enough to like running is a huge sport. It's big enough. You can tap into like a ton of different areas. I honestly like don't think I've done a very good job of tapping into the entire running world because I stick very elite, which is so niche. But like, think of how many people in the world run, like how many people are like lining up on the Chicago marathon starting line. Oh my gosh. That the lakefront today. I was running there. I'm like, Whoa, where'd you all come from? Yeah. It's like, there's obviously like people that run and would be interested in like running podcast and I just don't think honestly like the running podcasting is too small I think there needs to be more people bringing different perspectives into it because you and I have cool perspectives obviously like being friends with all these elite runners but like what about the people that aren't elite and they're they just trained 16 weeks for a marathon like they're not even really going to know what we're talking about and they need to bring the perspective into the sport so I don't know. That's just what I think about. And I always, but I definitely think there's room for growth in terms of like all of running social media. I think it needs a lot of growth. (laughs) There's so, there's so much you could do, but I think it kind of comes down to just being like, you know, you might find it boring, but someone finds it interesting. It's like, I might think it's boring getting, you know, a swag bag because like, that's what you do when you go to events. It's like, oh my God, that would be high school. Me would have flipped out. She would have been like, holy, Mike, you got free shoes. Someone gave you those. Like, why? Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's like exactly. All little things like thinking about like, if you are have a unique perspective in the sport, it's like, that's something that other people don't have the opportunity to do. So, um, yeah, I had definitely have some goals, like what I want to do and create, but I, uh, I'm like very inexperienced when it comes. I actually texted Emma. I was like, Emma, what kind of vlogging camera do you have? <laughs> And I just shoot video. I've done nothing with it yet. I'm working on a YouTube video, but I'm just so bad at editing. It takes me like 10 X as it should. It's okay. I mean, I'm very bad at editing and it's been, when did I start my channel? Years. It's almost been four, it's been four years since yeah. I started YouTubing and I'm still so bad at editing. I'm like, I thought it was well, I just to be better. So much this. footage and I've done nothing with it. I'm like, Dana, get it together. But there's always something better to do for me than that. But <laughs> yeah, it is. It's hard to think because like YouTube does take a lot of time and effort. So, and t- but TikTok is just as good. And I think you do a really good job on TikTok of like being consistent and posting on there all the time. Yeah. Well, it's like the editing in the app I've figured out. I've just committed too much time to that because I was on TikTok 2019. <laughs> Yeah, I was on it too. I wasn't actually like posting though, but like I I remember when I first got onto the app and I was like, what is this? I was so oh, yeah. confused. Or like even trying to make a video, I'm like, what is going on? But then now, yeah, it's a lot more seamless. But it's the same with like YouTube. I feel like you just need to like, if you want to, you just need to commit to doing yeah. it like consistently, like people do on TikTok. It's just harder and it's more time consuming. But oh yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of like it depends t- on what you want to do with it. Yeah. No, I think right now I'm just trying to um 
use the voice that I have like within the sport um, to like help grow it and then decide which angles I want to take because time is time is limited as you know (laughs) there's not that much time yeah who's like the best guest that you've had on your podcast do you think oh that's a tough one I'm a super biased I think Heather McLean my roommate it's like we just have such a close relationship that it was really fun and I kind of felt really privileged to be able to like share her story that I just think a lot of people haven't heard so I think she felt safe and um it was fun to be able to share that and then kind of helped her, you know, pick up some traction. Hopefully people came back to it as she eventually, you know, made the Olympic team a year later. But I think before that, no one really knew. Um, so I really loved that episode. Um, I'm very biased. Yeah, no, I mean, you're not biased. Was, I had her on after the, after the Olympics or after the trials. I forgot which one it was, but um it was before it was before the olympics but so much later than you but her story is amazing like i i was just floored honestly like by her entire story because one it was so different than my perspective of like the running world so to get hers and like just see all of her success and everything but like the amount of hard work and obstacles that she had to overcome is just like incredible so yeah. you should listen to both of our episodes <laughs> with heather yeah, no, it's, it's your story. It's like literally amazing. I know. And it's like, I think the running world can feel like very, you, know, you were good in high school, then you were good in college, and then you were a good pro. It's like, or there's people who literally didn't even know they could do a sport and it kind of came to them. It's like, I think that just allows more space for other people to come in. So yeah. that one was a lot of fun. I'm now just blanking on every episode I've ever recorded. <laughs> <laughs> there's not that many. Yeah. But, um, I do like the historical episodes and kind of talking to people who like have been change makers within the sport. So there's a couple big notches that I'm still trying to get um, eventually, but I'm like saving like bullets for the timing of when I'm going to like reach out. Like some reach out to him been totally ghosted and some I'm like, all right, I'm going to wait till like this happens and then I'm going to reach out. Yeah, that makes sense. Who do you have like a dream guest that you would want to have on? Yeah, Billie Jean King. Who? Is that bad if I don't know who that is? Yeah, it is bad. But I'm going to say it's bad because she's like the reason why women's professional sports exist. She's a tennis player. Oh, okay. okay. I don't know any. I don't, I don't follow sports. Okay. Other well, than story like. short, she's a total badass. Um, and basically she was really good at tennis. And then women's tennis like was making no money. And her and six other women came to maybe six or nine I don't know they came together and were started the first women's professional league and they all took a contract for a dollar and like she's the reason why women's tennis players are like the most lucratively played athletes for women because of all the work that she did in like the 70s to like make tennis a professional sport so like my huge issue was like equal pay and like she's just like the representative of that to the nth degree and she's still an advocate and I don't know she's late 70s or something like she's still advocating for like equality and I think that's just the most badass thing yeah that is really cool I can't believe I didn't know that actually I mean I can because I don't follow anything really but yeah her yeah there's a couple of people I like random I like random people I don't know this is why I get myself into trouble because I like really random <laughs> things and I'm like I'm obsessed with them I was like we don't know who that is <laughs> no I mean the, the, I should know who that is like that's my fault I should definitely know more like or even just historical people in the running world I'm so bad because I don't know anything like I know Steve Prefontaine obviously and then yeah. beyond that I'm like 
Yeah. Well, that's like what I want to do on my pod is like share yeah. those stories, especially while these people are still like alive and like active within the sport. So I think yeah. it's, it's cool. Cause I think that's why high school boys get so into it. Cause they have these stories and role models and running with the buffaloes and all that. And you're like, why don't women have that? Yeah. We definitely don't have that. Like I, yeah, I grew up knowing about like running with the buffaloes or once a even, runner. It's a yeah, book. yeah, yeah, and like Steve Prefontaine, obviously, like obviously legends. Everyone is a legend, but like, where is the where are the women being represented in this? No, and I think that the women within the sport are doing it now. Like Molly Huddle has a podcast and is like doing this, so we're kind of doing it for ourselves in a way. But the storytelling of like the idols of the past just aren't there I, I think I saw in fast women that there is like a history podcast coming about about women running but I haven't listened to it yet all right I'm gonna have to check that out too because I need to learn more because I'm clueless <laughs> <laughs> I'm helping people of this generation but I should probably look more into the past too to see where how like this is possible I guess for me to even have this podcast or be running yeah. Well, yeah. it's crazy. So like in the, the NCAA, like there was a different league. Um, before, it was like called something else before the NCAA and there was way more female coaches. But then when women got involved in the NCAA, like now there's like very few female coaches at all. And it was like better in the 80s before the NCAA. So it was like all these fascinating issues of like how we got to be where we are now. Uh, just kind of like leans way more towards like the social justice side of it and yeah we're just not there yet in any way yeah how do you learn about this stuff I guess I just haven't been researching like I haven't looked anything up but do you just, just like, like come a, across this or do you just like there's a couple up? like historians on Twitter and stuff um like there's oh god I'm blanking on her name but at she ran at Arizona and is like a historian there athlete I think uh I'll get her your name after, but like, there's just people on Twitter. I love Twitter because yeah. you could just learn so much so quickly. And then you kind of like, Oh, this person likes this and they have really cool information too. But I just like to read a lot. That makes sense. I'm gonna have to get more active on Twitter after talking to Kyle a few days ago and then talking to you, you oh, guys man. are both Twitter advocates. I'm like, okay, no, I gotta... those two, Chris and Kyle, when I did that torch talk podcast during the Olympics, they would, they're tweeting, they were tweeting and Chris would like, Kyle would laugh and then 30 seconds later like the tweet would come up on Chris's phone and he would laugh and then I'm sitting there being like should I tweet about the Olympics like yeah <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing <laughs> I'm not good with Twitter it's not my my uh media of Me either. I'm not witty enough for that I talked to Kyle about this I'm like he's like I think everyone should get on Twitter I'm like Kyle I don't think you understand like how like witty and clever you have to be to like be successful on Twitter or just yeah. I feel like you have to have good information <laughs> and I don't have any of that Let's see how Kyle's tweet uh, tweets changed once he has his kid. Oh yeah, I'm very intrigued about that. I'm sure it's gonna skew more towards child talk, child plus running talk. Yeah, watch <laughs> out, Kyle. <laughs> okay, well, I have a few listener questions that we can get to. Perfect. Um, to wrap up the episode, which current female professional runner do you think would do well in media? Ooh, that's a really good question. Well. This is just because I actually ran into her today on the Chicago Riverfront, but I think Kira D'Amato is so funny. She's hilarious, just very easy to talk to. And I think she could definitely have like a weekly show 
that people would tune into just talking about like the trials and tribulations of training. So I would definitely tune in. She's already so punny and funny. So, and her story, just like getting a Nike contract at 38. It's like, that's such a unique perspective. So I think she would crush it. Yeah. I need to have her on my podcast. I've never met her. So, but she, Maybe after she crushes Chicago. Yeah. I'll <laughs> capitalize on that. And we'll have something good to talk about. Um, okay. If you could change something about the sport of running, what would it be? Wow. That's a big one. I know. <laughs> um, I think I would really try to get the elites to be way more involved in like community aspect of running. You know, I think we're just far too separate. And I think one of the main things I'd love to see is like um, having some sort of like comparison of like when you're watching a track meet, like there's no way to understand what's happening. Like there's no perception of like how fast someone's truly running, you know? And I think by connecting like the everyday athlete it's like right now it's very alienating so I'm not exactly sure what the solution is there but it's like somehow getting the elites to like talk more with the general community is like we are having how many thousand people do this marathon and I can guarantee you 90% of them is not going to know anything about the elite field so like yeah what's the disconnect there yeah that definitely is yeah that's definitely an issue and yeah I don't know what the solution is either like how do you make that connection I don't know I but that's not like I feel like that's not our job to do I don't know because I think about like what can we do as media to help that and like yes we can share the stories but like it needs to go beyond that but I just don't really know what the solution is to that I think there's some athletes that do a really good job at it and I think the athletes just need to realize like this is 2021 like you can't just sit in your ivory tower and train and not talk to your community like people want to know and they want to cheer for you And it's unfortunate that we don't have like big media departments, like other sports, like making this stuff. And some teams do, and they do a great job, but I think the athletes need to realize, like, if you want people to care about the sport, you have to share more. You can't be so protective about what you're doing. It's like, I want to cheer for your journey and just not when you crush it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think we still have a long way to go with that, but it is interesting just to see like how other sports are different. I don't know. Cause if you're like, go, if you're a professional basketball player, it's like, you don't really need to go make the effort to be like, Hey, this is who I am. And this is what I'm about, you know? Cause like other people do it for you. They're like, we need to have you on this TV broadcast, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so it is interesting just cause we don't have that much money in running, but just more, just more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who is your role model? Mm-hmm. That's a good question too. Wow. Listeners killing it on these um I think I have a lot of different role models for different aspects of my life but I'm just gonna keep it general for this one like I really respect people especially women who are like deeply passionate about what they do and are un- unapologetic about like going after big lofty goals so you know I think there's a little bit of role model and everyone around you like you know, you being super authentic and saying, like being honest about like your journey and struggles with figuring out your 20s. Like, I think that's really inspirational. So I don't really find like specific people very often, but it's more just like attributes of being authentic and um, yeah, kind of that aspect. There's like a little bit in everyone, but I just like it when people have a real. Yeah. 
I definitely agree with that. It's always hard to like pick when someone asks me like who my role model is. I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's bad to say I don't have one, but I, I'm the same way where it's like, I, I definitely find people inspirational. I just don't know if there's a specific person that's like, Oh, I want to be like them because I think everyone has unique traits that I would like to see in myself more. So, so I I like that answer. (laughs) I know. Well, it's one of those things I think too, about like being a fan. It's like, you can be a fan, but like when they're your friends or something like that, it's like, well, I could do that too in a different way. You know, it's very a unique time where we get this inside scoop or my other answer could just be Billie Jean King. (laughs) There you go. Well, I'm wishing you the best of luck to get her on the podcast. Um, Manifesting. Yeah. I'll manifest for you. Do you have the last question? Do you have any advice to your younger self? Ooh. Yeah. So when I was younger, I'm going to go back to like high school, Dana. So, um, some of you guys might know my story. So basically I started out high school, like recovering from like a pretty serious surgery. And I was just awkward and young. And I think my closest friends knew that like I had a personality and things like that. And I definitely found myself through running in the team and like being good at running and all that. But I think people that I come into connection with from high school are really confused when they see me because they're like, whoa, like you have a personality and they're pretty cool and all that. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, was like this all along I just kind of kept it to a couple people so I think it's just like totally being unapologetically yourself um and I wish I did that at a younger age and I really found myself in college because that's like what you do you explore and find yourself but I just had a lot more fun that way um I think that's like the only way to go through life just kind of just being yourself and not everyone's gonna like you it's fine but just like surround yourself with good people yeah Great answer. Well, I enjoyed this conversation. I feel like we covered a lot of different topics. So I hope, I hope people found it interesting. I mean, I, yeah. did, so. well, we'll have to loop back in like a couple months when I, you know, potentially hopefully what I'm doing. Okay. But that's what your twenties are about is figuring out what you're doing with your life. So I think a lot of people can relate to that, including myself. No one knows. I'm going to end it on this. The best advice I got from my friend's mom, she goes, oh, I hated my 20s. And I was like, whoa. She was absolutely hated them. She's like, every point before that, you have a purpose. Your 20s are an absolute mess. You're not financially stable. She's like, once I hit 30 and had things figured out, felt a lot better. And it's made me feel better ever since. I got that advice like four years ago. And I'm like, oh, I'm okay with this. (laughs) I heard 20, or I heard 30s, the new 20 now. Yeah, we're not going to wish it away though. No, because I like, I mean, I enjoy my 20s. It is, it is a fun roller coaster, but yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. But yes, we will loop back and discuss again how our lives are going and how we've changed in a few yeah. months here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Emma. Um, okay, well, where can people follow you? Find your podcast? Where can they oh, check yeah. everything out? I'm at Dana Gio, G-I-O, on most social media. Um, and my podcast is called More Than Running with Dana. And we are just launching season three, which will be coming for the next weeks until the end of the year so tune in exciting stuff well to close out the episode can we get a good old peace out fellas peace out fellas thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of commas over cold brew i hope you enjoyed it i love talking to dana it's just so fun talking to someone that is also in the media side because i feel like i don't have a ton of friends in the media side of the running world so it's always fun to connect on that and also just Dana's a really cool person, so it was great chatting with her. I hope you guys enjoyed it. 
Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Convos Over Cold Brew Pod to be up to date and submit listener questions. And also don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. It really helps me out again. Thank you guys so much. And I will hear from you guys next week. Peace out, fellas. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.